0: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, August 17th edition. This is a pretty big episode, you guys, brought to you by DraftBeast.com and Onnit. Go to our podcast page, any of our podcast pages, click on any of those podcasts and follow the Onnit link. Check out their great supplements, uh, apparel, equipment, all that good stuff. I am joined by Showdown Joe, and Joe, we have no shortage of things to talk about. Tonight.
2: Yeah, man, what's going on, brother? It's, it's, it's these days like this where nothing happens in MMA, and it's been a slow week, and you know we got nothing to talk about. I don't know what you want to talk about. Even outside of that, we have news
0: in pro wrestling. You're, you're, I'm sure he, he's everybody's favorite crow cop nemesis. Alberto Del Rio failed for a WWE wellness violation. Now, when they say wellness violation, that could mean a lot of things. That could mean he rejected the test. That could mean he couldn't produce a sample. Either way, WWE's not worried about performance-enhancing drugs. They're worried about their talent's hearts exploding at 35. Also, interestingly enough, his girlfriend, also a wrestler, failed a wellness violation as well. I'll talk about that later. Uh, Very interesting stuff that's going into that. One of them may be done with the company. We'll talk about that later. But we had quite the press conference today, Showdown Joe. I know that you didn't get to see it live. I know you didn't get to see it live, so I messaged you, and I was like, you have to watch this press conference. You have to see this press conference in which, man, Conor McGregor did what he needed to do. He showed up about 29 minutes late and was there for about six minutes and was done. I'll run down what exactly happened here. (laughs) So McGregor's not there. He operates on MMA Standard Time. And, you know, they're they're talking to Anthony Johnson, Glover Teixeira, Nate Diaz. Not a lot of noteworthy stuff outside of Dana White saying Conor McGregor's going to defend his title next or he's going to be stripped of it. Conor McGregor rolls in at, I think, oh, God, I, I'll just say 29 past the hour, 29 minutes before or after the conference was scheduled to start. Almost immediately, Nate Diaz gets up and leaves. And there's a commotion that you can never mistake for anything outside of the Diaz brothers doing what they do. They start screaming, F your whole camp. And McGregor goes, no, F your whole camp. And they're flipping each other off and all this stuff. All of a sudden, Nate Diaz chucks a water bottle. He gets about four of them thrown back at him. But it doesn't end there. Not only does Conor McGregor throw a water bottle, he grabs Glover Teixeira's Monster energy can, and chucks it. Meanwhile, Dana White, in the most desperate voice I have ever heard him, pardon my language, guys. Connor, Connor, don't throw, don't throw that fucking thing.
2: Joe, your thoughts.
1: <laughs>
2: well, when I, when I got your text, uh, I thought to myself, man, I've seen hundreds of UFC press conferences. I've been to, you know, hundreds myself, and thought to myself, wow, well, wait a second. I got to do the math real quick in my head. It is Conor McGregor. It is uh, Nate Diaz. And, and as most people know, I'm, you know I, I'm one of the biggest Diaz supporters ever. I love anything those guys do, uh, not only in the Octagon, but outside of it. And I started thinking to myself, oh man, I got to watch something. Okay, Sean, I swear, as soon as I'm done here, uh, I'll go home and check it out. And you basically said, just the last two minutes is all you got to watch. And I said, well, no, I can't do that. I got I to watch the whole thing. And truth be told, you know, you know, some silly questions were asked, and you know, Diaz being Diaz, it was the last two minutes that were absolutely just majestic. They were fantastic. I mean, Connor shows up and after you know, and, and you know, I don't know what's what's what theory you subscribe to or what others subscribe to. I mean, do you agree with what Diaz did? Do you agree with you know what Connor did afterwards? Do you agree with you know Nate walking away? And uh, it's just it was just mayhem. And again, it just goes to show you that whenever the Diaz brothers are involved with anything, and or Connor McGregor with the way he trash talks. There's so much interest in this fight right now. I mean, uh, I, Twitter probably blew up. I mean, it was it was insane, and I was trying to catch up, caught up, and watch the whole. I watched all the embedded episodes thus far, and you know, I watched that CM Punk documentary. It was, it was an all MMA night for me, and it was just a fantastic night. Now I get to spend it with you and, and and the viewers right now. I'm just, I'm actually stoked, man. I should go to bed soon, but I'm stoked right now.
0: You know, I heard people, Dave Meltzer specifically said, you know, this one doesn't seem like it's trending the same way. But he also always says. The buys come in the last week. The buys from the casual viewers come in the last week. Well, they got the casual viewers tonight. They absolutely did. This is just unbelievable. By the way, guys, on Fightful.com, we have all the media from UFC 202 week, from the embedded episodes to uh, Neil Magny's fightography. We're going to have that up. We're going to have the weigh-ins. We're going to have everything. Anything that you'll need, you'll be able to find at Fightful.com. Also, you guys can go there. Register an absolutely free account. You'll get access to Showdown Joe's columns every week, three Vince Russo columns every week. Um, you'll get early access to the Vince Russo podcast that drops on Thursday afternoons. Uh, our exclusive financial analysis from Brandon Howard. All kinds of great stuff. Uh, Wikipedia: True or False. Our exclusive interviews. Uh, we had a really a pretty new one up with Chael Sonnen. Unfortunate news regarding his family, uh, w- which we'll get into, but. That's also great. Absolutely free. It'll never cost you a dime. You get access to our forums, which we are are overhauling. Lots of cool stuff. Our Monday Night Raw podcast did 21,000 downloads. Unbelievable. Um, Also, we have live viewing parties for everything this weekend. So come check that out. Join in on the fun. Talk to people. We got podcasts all weekend as well. Joe, you know, this... (laughs) This is like this press conference essentially served as like the last Monday night raw before a wrestling pay-per-view, right? Yeah, so people- imagine John Cena and The Rock, one's in the ring, one's on the ramp, and they're chucking Dasani at each other. Just throwing Aquafina water bottles at each other. That would seem kind of ridiculous, kind of stupid. It did not seem ridiculous or stupid when Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor did it. I wanted more. The the desperation that we heard in Dana White's voice. It was something I have never heard before.
2: I, I don't know what was going on with Dana White. I mean, there's obviously, you know, that guy there goes through quite a bit other than just what's happening on Fight Week, There's so many different things that he has to deal with, uh, you know, when you're at the Like top swimming day. around in his Scrooge McDuck pool of gold coins? Pretty much, yeah. I guess you could say that. But, but uh, you know, he, he's always got decisions to make. He's always got bad news, you know, te- being texted to his phone and staff telling him this happened, this happened, or what's happening with this pay-per-view. And th- there's always something going on. Um, I know that, they, you know, like he mentioned it in, in, in the conference that, you know, they had that room only for a certain time. Uh, so, you know, he's thinking, man, where's Conor McGregor? What's going on here? Why is he late? Why? He's, he's been in Vegas this whole time. Why is, you know, he, he's on route. So easy, where is he? Where is he? We're running out of time here. And then he shows up and finally, okay. And now, you know, he was already, again, was already in a sour mood when that press conference started. And then that happens. And he's just like, I'm done. Like, this is ridiculous, man. When in reality. It's you know I'm not saying it's the best thing that could happen. It's one of one of the best things that could happen uh, for for a pre-fight press conference. I mean, because everyone is going to grab this. SportsCenter is going to show this. It's all over social media. Uh, all kinds of hype already with this rematch. And there's other things that continue. Uh, if it's not getting people involved, it's reminding them that on Saturday night, these two will have to settle their their differences and their score again inside the octagon. So it's 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 exa- I don't I mean again I don't know what's going through Dana White's mind, but you know. If I'm the promoter and, and didn't have all the other stuff to worry about, this is fantastic. Thank you, Conor McGregor. Thank you, Nate Diaz. Oh, my God, what can you do tomorrow? What can you do at weigh-ins? There's still so much more to do to hype up this, this main event.
0: They have said – Dana White has said that the last pay-per-view, 196, broke the pay-per-view record, which we can't confirm. The reports were 1.5 million. The record is 1.6. Do you think this beats out 196, and do you think it breaks the record of UFC 100?
2: Uh, I don't know. It's tough to say. It's tough to say because I, I I generally, I've got the strangest way of gauging a pay-per-view Uh and it's just with people who stop me in the street or wherever I'm at. If they're talking about a fight and I'm talking about not, you know, people like yourself and myself that, you know, we watch these things all the time, just a general casual viewer, the, the guy that I'm standing in line at the gas station to pay for my gas, or if I'm at the grocery store or my son's soccer game, the casual dude. Or the casual lady that just says, you know what, hey, hmm, I heard about this Conor McGregor guy. Oh, I can't wait to see this fight. Or, or they engage in a conversation. I really haven't had that much uh, regarding that, so I don't know per se. But I wouldn't be surprised if this does smash the record. I mean, there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of there's, you know, from what I'm seeing online and some of the discussions I'm getting from, you know, not not just the hardcore fans, but the amount of people that I'm interacting with generally gives me a sort of a gauge as to how popular something's going to be. And there has been a fair amount. I'm just waiting to see what. What's going to happen? Who knows, Sean? Maybe by tomorrow or by Friday, you know, people will start talking about it big time in my area, around here. But uh, not as much as, for example, you know, UFC one hundred or or other big fights in the past.
0: We had two guys throwing water bottles at each other. This was the equivalent of a middle school lunchroom disagreement, and I think it probably just added a hundred thousand buys. Isn't
2: that crazy to think? No, not at all. I mean, this is the kind of stuff, though, because what ends up happening, like I said, is you know, news outlets, mainstream sports news outlets, are looking for this type of content that is different from the everyday, um, you know, Yankees versus Red Sox or Blue Jays versus the Orioles or you know, whatever. Someone from the Buffalo Bills gets caught for something or gets injured. Just the regular, mundane, same news stories all, all the time. This is something different. This could lead off you know, the first segment, um, you know, for a sports center, you know, people are going to talk about this. It'll hit different shows as well. Uh, it might make it to late night TV again, you know, Jimmy Kimmel might be talking about this. You know, it's, it's this is the kind of stuff that generates awareness and generates hype. So, you know, it, there, there's, it's as crazy as it sounds, as middle school as it sounds, it's actually good for the pay-per-view number, I think.
0: I'm going to, uh, pull up some of the, the highlights from, from this show. Or not from this show, from the from the press conference. It's uh, by the way, uh, Dana White said that they are not going to wait and see what happens with John Jones, which is another thing we'll be talking about uh, shortly. Um, Rumble Johnson or Glover Teixeira, based on how that fight goes, which I, I like that he says, "I'm going to see how this fight goes." Because if one if that fight's a stinker, which it probably won't be. He doesn't want to give the winner a title shot, obviously, but that's that's one of the things that came out of it. He, When asked about a fighters' union, Dana White said, whatever, I don't know anything about it. Uh, Joe, I get the feeling that he does know something about it. He knows everything about it,
2: believe you me. This he is knows things about it that
0: the people involved don't know about it.
2: Exactly. I mean, you got to get that legal team uh, more than ready to deal with this kind of stuff here. It's it's easy just to deflect that very, very quickly. and And, and, and that's just basically – um, you know, when you're, when you're being interviewed for certain things, you can deflect, what, you know, any way you want. Uh, because again, there's only so much a journalist or reporter will follow up with. And there's only so much time to talk about something. For example, if you only have five minutes to interview someone um, and you ask them a specific question, if they're good, they can deflect with an answer that they won't even be answering your question. So by Dana saying that, he just quickly deflected off to the side. Believe me, he knows what's going on. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. This is something that they've been you know, dealing with for a very long time. And, you know, you know, there's other associations now that are potentially coming up uh, to, put, to put together a union. They're fully aware of what's going on. And it's not that he needs to be coached on what to say if that question comes up. Uh, but someone could have said, look, if it does get asked say this or, you know, it's not, it's not his first rodeo. If he gets asked that question, he knows what to say.
0: Speaking of that fighters union, Leslie Smith was one of the people that spoke on behalf of starting a fighters union and revealed that she had a tumor on her stomach that she couldn't afford to get fixed. The UFC stepped up to, to fix it. Do you think that was out of the goodness of their heart or a way to say, hey, maybe you just shut the hell up about this union thing or a combination of both?
2: I think it's a combination of both. I mean, there are, there are medical things that they're covered for. Uh, I don't know that tumors are part of, the, um, you know, part of the, the medical stuff that they are covered for. So She, you- said,
0: she said it wasn't at least.
2: I'll take her word for it. I got no problem believing her. So, I mean, good on the UFC for doing that. And, again, it is one of those things that looks good uh, should something ever go to court. Hey, look at what we did. Well, we, we do help out our fighters. So they're playing the cat and mouse game. They're, they're, they're being smart about it. And, you know, it, it's, it's horrible news for her. Hopefully, she, you know, everything gets taken care of and she's better and, and stuff like that. But uh, from the UFC's perspective, it is a game. So it is, A, the goodness of their heart. But, B, yeah, very strategic.
0: Also, unfortunate news uh, Chael Sonnen's daughter was born well over two months premature. Uh, he had told me that she does have a fight on her hands. She unfortunately uh, passed away today. That's terrible news. We want to extend our condolences to uh, the, the Sonnen family, Chael, Brittany, as well as their son.
2: Uh, that's a real bummer, Joe. Uh, big time, yeah. I mean, when, and, and when I got the news, um, I actually saw it online from Front Row Brian, and I. I, I had to pause for a second because I was in the middle uh, of just tweeting out some stuff about Diaz and McGregor and our podcast and stuff like that. I just stopped and I just said, let me just retweet, retweet this real quick and then send off a message to to Chael. And then I just, you know, I said, on behalf of my family, you know, we're thinking, there's nothing, what can I say? You know, what do you say? Uh, Something like that. So on behalf of my family, we are thinking of them and, you know, praying for them and and Godspeed, but, you know, and and I don't expect Chael to, to message back at all, but at the same time, it's, it's you know, I mean, any, anyone that's out there that's a parent knows you just, your brain just stops. You're just like, what? So, uh, Godspeed to, to the son and family, and, you know, what do we say? Real tragedy. Um, we also had
0: some more news this week. John Jones made it sound like he is not, I don't want to say off the hook, but it seems like he found, found a hole, a gap, something. He had said, I'll pull up the, the exact quote that way, I don't get it wrong again, but by all means, and Dana White reiterated it, mind you, it's, it's, things are apparently looking good for John Jones. John Jones said, I'm sure you guys are curious about this USADA situation. Obviously, I can't get into it because it's still pending, but what I can say is we found out lots of really good news and I'm expecting to be in the octagon very soon. Uh, That's a shocker. And then Dana White, the next day, was asked about it on Jim Rome's show, and he says, I don't even know if this is public. I don't know if I can talk about it. Normally I talk about anything, but when it comes to medical stuff, you can't do it. It looks like John Jones did not take the supplement everyone thought he took. He said, it's in other things. If that's true, that's what USADA and the Nevada State Athletic Commission says happened. It could look good for John Jones. Now, we'll, we'll address this first. What's your reaction to something like that, Joe?
2: Um, I'll be honest with you, Sean. I'm not sure if I buy it. Um, I, I don't – it's, it's – they, they always say when it comes to drug testing, the cheaters are way ahead of the testers. Um, you know, Maybe you didn't take the exact – I'm not saying I'm – not, I'm not accusing John uh, of anything. I'm just, I'm just running through my head – um, because of what happened you know, the fact that he was the UFC 200 main event uh, and, and it all messes up. And now next thing you know, uh, oh, there was a mistake or this or this, that. Well, I don't know. I mean, who, who's to say that there wasn't a situation where it's like, well, don't take that. But if you take that, we can say you took that and not knowing that that's what happens when you take that drug that, you know, kind of weans you off steroids or, or weans you off some sort of performance enhancing drug. So, Uh, But then again, maybe it's the truth. Maybe John realized what, like, I mean, you know, maybe the emotion was real and he said, you know what, like what's going on here? Like, why is this happening to me? This is the worst day of my life and all that stuff there. And then, you know, maybe they they did find something, but they did realize what a coincidence sort of thing. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know what to believe anymore when it comes to all this drug tests and and performance enhancing drugs. And, you know, and, and because it's John Jones and he has this history behind him of just always getting himself into trouble you kind of think twice when he comes over with with that, that Instagram message and that video. And it's just kind of like, you know, what do I believe in? But then again, he's a human. He could be telling the truth and you got to sometimes give the guy the benefit of the doubt. I'm just torn. I'm mixed. I don't, I don't know what to think and I don't know if I should buy it at all, but you know, nowadays, who knows? It's just, it's, it's just crazy. Um, You know, and, and, but if you saw it screwed up, then, you know, What's the ramifications on them? You know, how do you penalize them for screwing nothing. this up? Basically? You know, it'll be nothing.
0: It'll be nothing. It never is. It never is. And we'll get into that momentarily. But to play devil's advocate, as Chael Sonnen has said before, usually when John Jones is guilty, he literally runs and hides under a ring, away from a, a, a scene of a wreck. He runs and hides. He did not run and hide from this, he took it head on. But it's very interesting also something very interesting a guy by the name of Brock Lesnar tested positive for the same substance what does that mean for him does that mean maybe the same thing happened quote unquote with him you don't know I mean Lesnar is a guy who has been tested throughout whether it be WWE NFL UFC in the past but UFC tests they back in the day those post pre-fight tests very easy to pass you know they're coming if you fail a drug test that you know is coming, well, you're you're kind of dumb. I'm interested to see how that plays out.
2: Also, remember as Brock's you mentioned, quote, Brock Brock specifically said, We're gonna get to the bottom of this.
0: Yeah. And this is a guy by by that point, he probably knew he wasn't facing any WWE ramifications, because he's not. So I mean, if he never planned on fighting again and didn't really care, I mean he could have just been like, yeah, well, tough shit. But he uh, I don't know. I'm I'm very interested to see what this means for them. Now for John Jones, this could be the difference between a 24-month suspension and a six-month suspension. Because usually if they do have something like that in their system, they go ahead and suspend them for six months. Originally I thought it was, you know, them USada not really wanting to admit guilt as much, but I think it's more so that that substance is out of this fighter's system. That way they no longer benefit from him, even if they were unintentionally ingested. And now, Joe, this has happened with Yoel Romero and Tim Means in the past. And both of these guys were pulled from the rankings, from fights, possible fights, scheduled fights, missed time. But USADA doesn't really admit any wrongdoing, and USADA is not perfect. By any means, not perfect. Don't you think they need to maybe own up a little bit? We we know that the Nevada State Athletic Commission has had a
2: real problem with that in the past. Well, yeah, that, that's that's I mean that's the oldest argument probably in, in combat sports when you deal with these commissions and and some of these drug testing organizations. They'll never own up to it, you know. And and you know, for argument's sake, again, John Jones is, is innocent. If he's innocent, man, you just cost me the main event for UFC 200. You know, millions. I've already got millions of dollars, but more millions that I deserve because this is what I do for a living. My window, to, my window uh, of earning this this income is this big, and you, know, you, you took it away from me. You're taking me out of my prime. Yeah, I've got myself in trouble before, but not because of you. You did this to me. Like, I mean, this is crazy. They should be able to own up. Like, you you can't go back and be the main event for UFC 200 now and then. His reputation again is tarnished. It's got guys like me that have that have known John for years, thinking, ah, well, maybe he did do it. Right? I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe he's finally turned the corner. Well, no, he didn't. He got caught. Well, he didn't get caught. But what happened with the test? It's just – it's confusing. So if I'm John Jones and I'm innocent, you know, I don't know if I was – I'd be crying. I'd be crying because I was upset at that press conference. But I'd be pissed, man. I'd be so mad right now.
0: And, you know, we've seen it all happen. The DUI, the the cocaine test, the hit and run, the – God, what else? The the failed drug test, most recently, and then you know him going to jail for the drag racing thing. Which you know, I I believe John Jones in that situation. I, I think that because I know people in Albuquerque who know situations similar to that, and obviously John Jones is a known guy in Albuquerque. But that's neither here nor there. I don't know if if he even legally can like sue Usada. Or the athletic commission. I don't know if that's a thing he can do. I don't know if maybe they they sign away their rights to do that as a part of this testing program. I, I'm not sure. But if I'm him, I would want to sue the living shit out of these guys if they cost me ten million dollars.
2: That's a really good point. If I'm if I'm legal representation for you know any ultimate fighter or, or, or a member of the UFC or any anyone that's going to get tested, that's a good point. If they have to sign away the right to sue, oh man, you better get your lawyer involved and get those terms removed from that because if you saw or whomever, WADA uh, or anybody, vada, if they do something like that to cost me that kind of money and that kind of, and tarnish my reputation, you're damn right I'm taking your court. You're damn right I'm doing something because there's no way you're getting away with that screw up. Like, that's crazy.
0: Really, really just... I didn't expect to hear that in you know the the John Jones news but I'm intrigued I'm interested I'm also interested in Nick Diaz apparently never wanting to fight again in his entire life uh, a Usada agent came to his hotel of course he was in room 209 of course he would be in room 209 and Nick Diaz had not slept all night and told the <laughs> told the Usada agent Come back in five or six hours. She replies, Nick, you know it does not work like that. Let us in. Apparently, he did let her in. He did get tested. I want to know what you think happened. My theory is that maybe he doesn't understand the USADA rules and obviously had been smoking weed. It was on his Snapchat. You can't fail for that out of competition. So they're not vice cops. They don't care. But... What did you think of this entire situation?
2: (laughs) I'm sorry, man. Nick Diaz is the greatest ever. He is an absolute legend. The guy, him and his brother are absolutely awesome. They operate, uh, more Nick though, but they operate on a completely different frequency than the vast majority of society that has certain rules. There's order to prevent chaos There's just, these are the rules. This is how you have to abide by it. There's no rules for the Diaz brothers. They do what they want, when they want, how they want. And if I'm tired, you're going, you're coming back in five or six hours. It doesn't work that way. It's just, it's just legendary stuff. The guy's an absolute, I mean, I know there's, there's haters out there, the Diaz brothers and they're all their thugs and they're dummies and they have to play by the rules. I
0: used to be one of those guys until I made money off of the things that they do.
2: Yeah. Right. So, I mean, and, and, and maybe, maybe it's, a, it's, a, it's a subliminal greed that's inside me that says anytime Nick Diaz is going to step up to a microphone or do some sort of conference call uh, or Nate Diaz, that it's just going to be epic. And I want it to be epic because, again, they, they, they don't operate on, a, on the frequency that most politically correct or, you know, rule followers follow. I mean, they don't. They just they do what they want to do whenever they want to do. And despite him probably knowing, uh, I mean, there's, you know, we can make the argument he was probably high. And it's like, yeah, you need to get out of here, man. I'm tired. I want to go. I, I just smoked this thing because I'm going to bed. I want to go to sleep. Come back later. It's just you can't. When they show up, whether you're having dinner with your wife, your girl, your boys at a restaurant, you're going to the bathroom with a Dixie cup or something and put out your forearm. There's a needle going in your forearm. That's just how it works. So I just love Nick Diaz. The guy's the best, man. He's just crazy.
0: I have people in the, in the comment area asking – when the show will be on iTunes. We're hoping soon. We're still finishing up the actual site. We have revamped forums coming soon, all kinds of stuff. It is available for direct download, though. If you go to the podcast page about 45 minutes to an hour after we wrap live, I have it up for direct download and an audio stream as well. So, uh, yeah, that, that is an option. Also, you can subscribe to our RSS feed, which I think that I've fixed. I'm not that experienced with RSS feeds because I'm a human being and I just download things like humans do. A couple other news things Well, Demetrius Johnson has, he just runs 125. So what they're doing is they're just making all of his, his fallen challengers beat each other up. We got Cejudo and Benavidez. They announced uh, Horaguchi versus Bogatinov. I don't know about you, Joe. I think Horiguchi is going to take Bogatinov to school. This happens at UFC Fight Night 97 in October
2: in the Philippines. And, and, and I don't know. I mean, now what, what do we think now of Ali Bogatinov? I mean, we all know that, you know, with it, and that's speaking of PD usage, right? So the, I mean, there's another guy that's been, yeah. So he's, he's no longer, you know, able to take that stuff. Uh, how is he going to perform? And, and, you know, we love the Gooch. The Gooch is, is a good kid and, you know, does his thing and we'll see what happens, but it's in the Philippines. And, um, Oh, we're, we're, Forget that for a second. What I what, what drove me crazy was when I found out the news that uh, the Bisping-Henderson uh, fight is happening at 3 a.m. Eastern.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. no 3 a.m. local time in England. No,
2: not Eastern. Do, do we have English viewers that watch us right now? Yeah, we do. We have a
0: lot, actually. Sorry, guys. One of our- I
2: love you, but... Whew. Sorry. Hey, listen, man. I've been in Europe when I went to go visit my old man in Italy and had to watch uh, when Lesnar fought uh, Overeem. Um, I think who was it? Glover uh, against it an OSP and, man, five in the morning, four in the morning, just sitting on the couch. see fight pass. Like, do I go to sleep? Do I not go to sleep? Do I sleep? Do I wake up and watch it? And just pulling an all-nighter. I feel for the fans overseas, but now that I'm back home and now that you just calmed me down, Sean, thank you very much. But, again, apologize. Or I apologize to all our fans uh, overseas, but I'm kind of glad that that's not 3 a.m. Eastern because that would suck.
0: Fun-looking card, too. Bisping Henderson, Belfort Musashi, St. Prue, Manawa, uh, Magomedov Struve, just just to get started, just to get started. So lots of fun stuff there. Jermaine Nebranami pulled out of her fight.
2: <laughs> maybe, maybe she's going cyborg
0: hunting. I think she's going cyborg hunting, and she's a little busy. So there's that. Um, Oh, a programming note, guys. i got to update you all on this stuff. After UFC 202, myself and Joe are coming at you with a live podcast. We're going to talk UFC 202 for about 45, 50 minutes. Then I'll be joined by Alex Pawlowski, who will talk that night's NXT show as well. So you're going to get a supersized edition of the podcast. Um, August 27th, that would be next Saturday. We will not have our customary post-fight show. Uh, are you going to be out of town that night too? The sixth, or the the twenty seventh? I know that there was there was a night I looked at and I realized we would both be out of town. Um, I've got a color commentary gig. I know you have another one soon too in September, right?
2: Yeah, I do have. I've got Titan uh, FC forty one, but that is the what is it the 9th of September? If you're talking the twenty seventh. This guy will be around. I should be around. Uh, well, we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll 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 figure it out for our viewers.
0: I'll be in Northern Kentucky calling fights for Absolute Action MMA. If you guys are around, come say hi to me. Come visit uh, on the campus of Northern Kentucky University. Lots of UFC Bellator fighters ended up uh, coming from Absolute Action MMA. Also, our uh, post-fight show for Barlovsky versus Barnett. We'll Have to figure out something for that because I get married that weekend. Oh so. boy, look out! Uh, eh. so but of course we're still going to bring you the podcast, of course because we got contracts. We got we have to, or well, we're in. Oh yeah, we signed on the dotted line, didn't we? Forgot we about did. that. We did. Um, something I'm very excited to talk to you about: the CM Punk documentary. I loved it. The first episode,
2: rather. What'd you think? Amen. Hey, that that's the kind of stuff, Sean, that I used to love putting together when I was over at Sportsnet. That, that kind of documentary, uh, you know, the emotional, the voiceovers, just the, the, the storytelling, the right music for the right scenes, the good editing and stuff like that, letting letting just, just it's it's fantastic stuff. So far so good. You're really you're sort of pulling uh, you know for Phil Brooks right now. You're you're really kind of hoping that he does do well. Uh, win or lose for myself i don't i don't care whether he win or loses. I just hope he looks good uh, and puts on a great fight. I mean based on the footage that we saw there uh, he doesn't look too good he doesn't look like he 's technically ready to compete, but that was a while ago, and who knows how he 's going to look when he steps into the octagon but you know I, I just love the fact I love the whole straight edge theory that he that he abides by that he completely believes in. Uh, I like the fact that you know what who are we to say that he can't do it? Or who are you to say that he can't do it? He's, he's been given the opportunity. Uh, I remember the arguments back in the day about, you know, who is this guy? He's taking my spot on the roster. There's other people that have been competing for years. Totally agree with that, 100%. Uh, you know, technically he doesn't deserve it, but the guy sells pay-per-views, and that's technically the name of the game, right? And that's why he got called or he was, you know, that deal was done with the UFC. He's going to sell – uh, pay-per-view, he's going to raise awareness, he's going to bring a large fan base over uh, to watch the UFC and watch him compete, and realistically, guys, that's the name of the game.
0: It's like, I, you know, I always hear people say, well, he's taking my spot, he doesn't deserve it, do this, he doesn't do that, and I'm like, man, where were you when, like, half of this Tough China cast existed? Like, where were you then? Like... A bunch of people, there was a guy that made it on, I think, their their opening fights that had never sparred before. Was that, I think I remember that. Now, there were also, you know, I I come from both worlds, MMA and pro wrestling. And I saw a pro wrestling guy, and I don't want to name him because I don't really care about him that much. But he was, like, trashing CM Punk for getting coached by Anthony Pettis for cage wrestling. Like, oh. Anthony Pettis teaching somebody cage wrestling, and I'm like, yeah, a former UFC world champion teaching a guy who knows nothing about cage wrestling, some cage wrestling. Yeah, that's not ridiculous. Now, sure, if it's Gilbert Melendez and Anthony Pettis, you know, maybe a different guy, but there is, I am not above learning from anybody. If my fiance and I go train tomorrow, and she rarely trains, and she's like, Well, I happened to see this online or something. And she showed me and I learned something from it. Awesome. You can never be above learning from anybody, especially a UFC world champion. So I thought that was a stupid. Also, you know, I got the the wrestling fans that were like, well, he got his ass kicked in that smoker. Well, as Duke Rufus said, he didn't feel that comfortable putting him in a smoker that early to begin with. And he fought a guy who was 4-0 as a professional MMA fighter at the time now has like six or seven fights. And he, he, personally, I thought that he didn't do any better or worse than I would have expected him seven weeks in. So, I mean, it, it's seven weeks in. And Joe, I, I said it last night on the show, a couple of weeks ago, I started to go back to wrestling practice. I started to have the itch again. And going there, I didn't realize how much more I knew than people that didn't train. And I didn't realize how much less I knew than people who did train all the time. And CM Punk is having a lot of those days. He's going to have a lot of those days. But he, you, know, you can tell he's kind of almost annoyed by the fame that he has experienced. Like It's the type of thing that he wanted, but he got it, and he can't back out now. It's a little too late. He's been on TV in front of millions of people. I'm interested. This show kicks ass. I wish they would do it for more people. Now, granted, I know it's a special situation. What kind of people do you think that, that they could really do this thing for that could benefit from it like this? You have the personality
2: to make it work. Uh, we can probably start off in Stockton, California. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I mean, if, the they, if, has if they show the up D. to D. the tape. Well, that's the whole point. I mean, uh, one of the reasons why I never flew down is we knew the risk that if we decided to fly across the continent uh, to, to, to try and meet up with Nick and try to meet up with Nate uh, in Stockton, th- there was a very good chance it wasn't going to happen. I know other um, you know, people that, that you know, c- we consider our peers that have gone there uh, and, and you know, booked their flight and were there for three days and didn't get to see Nick or Nate until probably two hours before they had to go to the airport and go home, uh, chasing them down for two or three days. So that is something that happens when you, when you think about it. But the Diaz brothers, you just, you just never know. And I know people that are very close to them, or, or not close, very close to them, close enough to them, uh, that were like, it's a risk, man. Don't do it. But that would be great. I'd, I'd like to see it with, you know, I think one, I mean, Sarah McMahon would have been fantastic, in my opinion, um, you know, former Olympian and, and a mom and stuff like that. Uh, oh, the whole thing she went through. Uh, yeah, Kat Singano. I mean, that would have been a fantastic yeah. documentary right there. But you, the, the list, I mean, is, is incredible. You can go up and down uh, so many. Uzama Eunice
0: is doing it herself now. She's got her own oh. vlog that she's going to start now. And that that's another one who's got an interesting background and an interesting personality.
2: Well, three years also ago. Also, I want to say. Three years ago, the whole Go UFC ahead. roster, uh, they all got um, uh, video cameras from Dana White. This is when Dana White's vlogs were huge. So he, for, for the whole UFC roster, they all got cameras, and he basically said, do what I do, generate interest. And yeah, I probably count on one hand the people that actually did it.
0: How funny is it that by all means, Nate Diaz is the most responsible person in his camp? As it, as it pertains to the big stars. Jake Shields, Gilbert Melendez, Nick Diaz. Nate Diaz is now the most responsible, successful one. Never failed a drug I test. <laughs> he's, making, he's making so much money. He's making so much money. That I, might I, I be... Would... That's the greatest point ever. That's, that's just... That's, I never thought of that. That's incredible. <laughs> I mean, Shields failed. Melendez failed a drug test. Nick Nick Diaz has felt like 100 of them. Meanwhile, Nate Diaz, this year will make more than maybe all three of them combined have in the last two or three years, which is pretty crazy. That's pretty nuts because Nate Diaz is not Nick Diaz's little brother anymore. Nick Diaz is Nate Diaz's big brother. That's, That's how it is. And I'll never forget after that Michael Johnson fight when he took to the mic and he said, taking everything that I worked for. And I'm like, dude, you haven't fought in a year. And I'm thinking like, what did he take? But he believed it. It didn't matter if I believed it. He believed it. And that's what mattered. And he got the fight. And now everybody believes it. So you can't write anybody off. I've done a 180 on Nate Diaz. The man is, well, he and Nick are both smarter than anybody will ever give them credit for.
2: Uh, it's just behind that theory, Sean, because I spent 45 minutes on camera with both of them. Uh, uh, one at the, uh, Mandalay Bay and one at the MGM. And I can tell you, uh, with, with 100% conviction that these two guys are one of the, are, are two of the smartest guys that I've ever come across in this industry as professional fighters, whether it comes to training and nutrition philosophies and stuff like that, what you may see or what the the general public may see uh, is who they are, but also if you sit them down uh, and get them to just to chillax, relax a little bit, and actually get into a conversation, coolest cats you we'll ever meet, and smart man. Don't ever try and talk to Nick Diaz about nutrition; he will rip your head off. That guy knows more than you can ever possibly imagine. The whole triathlon thing, the whole getting yeah, the body ready when of dumb, to do it.
0: Dumb triathletes, right? Yeah. We're going to have a little bit of fun before we get into UFC 202 predictions, Joe. I have taken a poll among our staff members. I'm going to have you predict the winners of NXT Takeover: Back to Brooklyn and WWE SummerSlam, even though you have no clue who these people are.
2: And there are quite a few, Joe. Actually, you know a few of these people. You do know a few of these internet's people. That's going down, or something wrong? Can you see me still? My uh-huh. internet seems to be. Uh, uh-huh. What's happening? Here we go. Ember Moon versus Billy Kay. Who's going to win? Who was the first person you said?
0: Ember Moon. I'm going Ember Moon. You you picked right. She's going to win. All right. No Way Jose versus Austin Aries. No
2: Way Jose.
0: The Revival versus Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa.
2: The last name you just said there was awesome. I'm going with them. Him, so. her, it. And Andrade Almas versus Bobby
0: Roode. Any relation to Rick Rude? No, but they they look kind of similar. He Bobby Rude's Canadian. Ah, it's right there, Bobby Rude. I'm pretty sure he's a buddy of Jimmy Van's as well.
2: Oscar versus Bailey. Because I love Bailey's in my coffee, you got to go Bailey. She's going to be a big star. You will know who she is. She's going to be the female
0: John Cena. That girl. Like, in pro wrestling, it's nothing if I see kids cry. But when I see their parents cry because their kid got to meet that person, that's something. Now, you might know this guy, Shinsuke Nakamura. You know him? Name sounds familiar? He fought a little bit. Let me look back where he fought. Um, he's a big Anoki guy. He fought in K-1, fought in Jungle Fight, 3-1 three, three, with a no contest. Uh, he lost to Daniel Gracie at uh, one of the New Year's Eve shows, 2002, uh, the Inoki show. So got an MMA background. He is going to fight or face Samoa Joe. Who you got? i go going Nakamura.
2: He's a superstar. He
0: really is. The way I would like to explain this guy to you, Joe, is if Michael Jackson and Anderson Silva had an Asian child, it would be Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, <laughs> he's special. Now we're gonna go to the WWE SummerSlam. We only have eleven more of these to go, Joe.
2: I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm sweating over here because I, I know that there's wrestling fans that are watching right now. I'm making an absolute <laughs> mockery uh, of something that want they to be just honest, love. I'm being honest. You're doing pretty good right now
0: based on my predictions. So that, that should say something about the predictability of pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. It really should. Jesus, my phone's going crazy. Alex Pawlowski, stop blowing my phone up if you're watching the podcast. We have The Miz of MTV fame against
2: Apollo Crews. He just reminded me of a cool a cool story. I'll go with uh, The Miz. What's, what's the cool story? Do you know The Miz? No, 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 no! About your phone blowing up. I used to when I used to do the radio show. Um, you know, syndicated across Canada, nationally. Um, you know, live on the air. You know, major market like Toronto, and you know, And my phone would just keep going off and off and off, and I had it on silent. And it was the same two or three people for seven years that would call me. Thursdays between nine and 10 or 10 and 11. And it didn't matter how many times I told them, you know, I'm live on the air on a massive mainstream radio station, right? Yeah. Why are you calling me? I have to ask you a question. What are we doing on Saturday night? (laughs) My mother calls me at
0: like 9 PM on a Monday every week. Now keep in mind, Monday night raw has been on the air since 1993. And I have worked that show for like the last four or five years. Every week I get that phone call between eight and nine. It's ridiculous. Enzo Amore and Big Cass against Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. You got another couple of Canadians here in Jericho and Owens.
2: Wow. I've got to go pick either Canadians or someone uh, from, my, from the old country. Enzo Amore. Wow. Uh Been on uh, a TV show with Jericho before. I'll show him some love. I'll show him in his – yeah, I'll go Jericho winning the tag team
0: match. Enzo Amore would fit in. Great cutting MMA promos too. Cesaro versus Sheamus in a match that I'm sure you are excited for.
2: I'll go with Sheamus. As bright as he is, but Sheamus is good. That skin, yeah. Do you know who he is? Do you know who Sheamus is? Isn't he the the, the the guy with the red hair and, and white, white, white skin? Or am I completely out? He sure as hell is. There you go. All right. I know a bit here. Carmella, Becky
0: Lynch, and Naomi against Natalia, Eva Marie, and Alexa Bliss. You have another Canadian here and Natalia. A member of the, the Hart wrestling family.
2: Oh, right there. That's my pick right there. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed Jim Neinhart's kid. Oh, no way. I met Jim yeah. Neinhart about uh, a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: Quite the wrestling family. She's a better wrestler than he is, in my opinion. <laughs> Sasha Banks, the cousin of Snoop Dogg, real-life cousin of Snoop Dogg, against Charlotte,
2: the daughter of Ric Flair. Oh, Ric Flair, greatest of all time. Charlotte, done. You're going to be disappointed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have the Bulgarian Brute, Rusev, against Roman Reigns for the United States Championship.
2: Wasn't Roman Reigns? I got it. Got a lot of trouble, and now he's back, sort of thing.
0: Sure is. Roman Reigns took Adderall. Took some Adderall, apparently. Oof. I'll go with Roman Reigns. You're writing these. Oh, of course I am. I'm adding them to our prediction sheet this weekend. So I
2: look like a dummy when it goes up there, doesn't? It? Yeah.
0: So you 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 won't look
2: like that much of a dummy.
0: I've seen some seen some of the other staff picks. The New Day against. Carl Anderson and Luke gallows the heck the new day the new day oh they're great they're great I'll go come out and they play like trombones and stuff they're pretty good
2: (laughs) really that's (laughs) awesome yeah they named it Francesca that's disturbing but okay I'll go with the new day still
0: looking to extend their title reign to a year we have Dean Ambrose against Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I don't know how much you follow amateur wrestling, but Dolph Ziggler, his real name's Nick Nemeth, one of the greatest wrestlers in the history of Kent State, held their, their pins record for quite some time.
2: But this this is professional wrestling. Who's he fighting against? Or who's he uh, wrestling against? Dean Ambrose, a um,
0: Cincinnati native. I'll go with Dean Ambrose. Probably another good choice there.
2: John Cena... Against AJ Styles, I'm assuming John Cena still has some pull in that organization. Getting a up little. there in the card, I'll go John Cena. I'll have you know,
0: Jimmy Van put me up to this. By the way, oh uh, Jimmy, because I got to get I got to get UFC result or UFC predictions from Vince Russo tomorrow. And if if you think that this is rough, he doesn't know a one of those people, <laughs> not a one. What else do we have? We have Finn Balor against Seth Rollins in the co-main event of the show for the Universal Championship. Seth Rollins versus? Finn Balor. Seth Rollins. And finally, at least one guy you know, Brock Lesnar
2: against Randy Orton, the son of Bob Orton, if you know him. I've seen Cowboy Bob Orton compete many times as Roddy Piper's bodyguard. Oh yeah, I go way back go. with those two.
0: Um, I'll go with Lesnar. I, I got to be honest; your picks are looking pretty damn good. And see, I knew it was going to be more. It was going to be worse for you because I'm only getting staff picks for like five UFC 202 fights. I will say this: as somebody, as somebody pointed out on Twitter, the This card is really a victim of conflicting interests of the UFC platforms. UFC Fight Pass, FS1, and pay-per-view. Because if you throw Garbrandt, Mizugaki, and Magny versus Lorenz Larkin on that pay-per-view card, I think that's one stacked pay-per-view card. Because those are two fights that belong on a pay-per-view, Joe.
2: Absolutely. And that was uh, the piece that I fired off yesterday, just talking about you know, the the byproduct of, of the business model of the UFC, when you take a look at how they structure their cards right now, it is very strategic uh, in what they have there. I mean, Magni and Lorenz Larkin are, are, are there for basically the hardcore fans. They're going to drive people uh, to UFC Fight Pass. Garbrandt with Dominic Cruz talking all that trash about him, basically calling him out uh, against Mizugaki, who Cruz smashed. And, you know, Garbrandt pulls that off. Mm-hmm. He might have a title shot, believe it or not. Uh, and of course, you look at the rest of that pay per view. It's very, very strategic in how they place those fights.
0: So here, here's my idea, and I may ruffle some feathers. I'd put Random Marcos versus Courtney Casey on Fight Pass to get all those really weird people who only watch women's MMA. You know who those people are, Joe. You've seen those weirdos that are that'll talk about like. Some turd ammy fighters, but when Ronda Rousey's fighting, they, they don't really care that much, you know. Because a lot of these female fighters are very, very accessible. And anybody thinks that supporting them, you know, they're they're buddies for life and all that stuff. I'm putting Random Marcos headlining that UFC Fight Pass prelim. Get some of those those creepos to order that fight pass platform because I think Neil Magny versus Lorenz Larkin should be on that main or that, that pay per view. Poor Neil Magny. What's the guy got to do? Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Ten of his last 11 fights he has won. Ten of 11. Unbelievable, that guy.
2: The only thing that I can say about Neil Magny that, that, I guess, constructive criticism is that this this guy's won so many fights, but for some reason – isn't resonating with the mainstream audience. What does he have to do? He's got to do something to get out there because when you have that many wins, you should have already fought for the title three times, twice. I mean, Conor McGregor did it. You know, Conor McGregor—he was beating guys, but at the same time, he was just just making a mockery anytime a microphone or a camera was placed in his face. And you know, Conor McGregor is that example. Chael Sonnen was fighting just like Neil Neil Magny was for the longest time. Until one day, he just woke up. Just woke up, and at a press conference, uh, I think it was when he may have beaten Okami, I think that was the first time he was supposed to fight the winner uh, of Anderson Silva versus Vitor Belfort, and Anderson and Vitor didn't fight uh, for quite some time after that. But that was the time when a question was asked to him. Uh, I don't know if it was myself or, or, or Kevin Ioli actually, that may have asked the question, but we asked, who would you rather fight? Or you know, Who do you th- think you're going to fight next, Anderson Silva or Vitor Belfort, and it was the first time we got our sense of Chael Sonnen when Chael Sonnen said, well, I'd rather go with the easy fight, Anderson Silva. When Anderson Silva was in his prime as an absolute destroyer, yeah. and that's when we were kind of like, what did he just say? And that's when he went on that tirade. That's something, I thought Neil Magny's that type of guy, but he, he started raising awareness of himself, and then bang, next thing you know, Sonnen was getting title fight after, he fought, what, three times for a UFC title?
0: Yeah, uh, not only that, in 2014, Magny tied the record for most wins in a calendar year with five. 2015, in the first five months of the year, he had two performance of the nights with two finishes. Uh, then later that year, he beat Kelvin Gastelum, a highly touted prospect, in a fight of the night. And his next fight knocked uh, Hector Lombard dead. So I, I don't know what this guy's got to do. Who are you picking, Lorenz Larkin or Neil Magny? Solid fight solid fight but i'll go with neil magny i will too i'm I'm a, I'm a fan of neil magny we have Random marcos courtney casey uh this seems like a fight that which if we always say this seems like a fight for Random marcos but you never know especially in this division where there's still there's still a lot of settling to be done uh what do you think of this fight
2: I'll, I'll go with Randa Marcos in this fight. I think this is the fight that you and I would call that confidence-boosting fight, bring back the, the fighter's confidence. This could be it here, but especially with the last Titan uh, FC 40 card that I called with uh, Kamara Usman, there was something in the water in Miami that night that had all these underdogs and debuting fighters winning these fights. So I'm kind of, you know, oh, maybe it is Courtney Casey, but I'll, I'll go with Random Marcos. I think she's been there. She's done it. She's went to the ultimate fighter. Uh, she's been under those big lights before, and... and and, you know, she she still can keep herself relevant uh, with the victory here. If she doesn't win, oh, boy, not good for the Canadian.
0: Interesting matchmaking here. Colby Covington has won four of his five UFC fights facing Max Griffin, who has never fought in the UFC before.
2: I, I I'm I, I don't know what to say about this fight. I was just like, okay. I mean, there, there's obviously Weird. some sort of situation that came about. Injury, I think it was. Uh, but other than that, I'd go with Colby for sure.
0: And I'm still like,
2: you know, <laughs> this, this brings me
0: back, and I hate to sound like a broken record, even if it's injury. What's Gerald Harris got to do to get back in the UFC? What's he got to do? What's he got to do? Uh, how is Artem Lebov, I don't know how to pronounce his name, still in the UFC? He is 11-12, and 11-12-1 with a no contest, and has lost two
2: straight fights, has never won in the UFC. Uh, this is weird. It's strange. It's definitely strange, but it, all we got to say is the Conor McGregor factor, right? It's just, please, he's going to be my training partner. Put him on the card. He's done so much for me and all this stuff like that. It could be anything, but I'm, I'm going to just throw a curve and, and, just, and just say, you know what? It's the Conor McGregor factor.
0: Raquel Pennington has won three of her last four fights. Went to a split decision with Holly Holm. Split decision against Jessica Andrade with a couple different judges. She could be riding a six fight winning streak like it's she's very close to have never having lost in the ufc uh she takes on elizabeth phillips uh her last win was gosh i think she hasn't fought in a year her last win was jasmine duke i gotta go with pennington here uh who you taking
2: normally i would have gone with phillips but pennington you know in those fights has proven otherwise that you know she, she doesn't go away she just doesn't go away. And, and, you know, despite the fact that, you know, Phillips is 29 years old, you got to figure that, you know, when you're taking on someone um, like Raquel, who's got a bit more mileage on her body, it could be different. But Raquel's only 27. You know, she's only 27. And like yeah. you said, she sticks around in those fights. I'll go with Raquel. Cody
0: Garbrandt looking to get a bantamweight title shot, hopefully with a win over Takea Mizugaki. Mizugaki is a guy who has. Been all too happy to spoil fights that are supposed to be, quote-unquote, easy in the past. Uh, most notably, not necessarily spoiling it, but Miguel Torres. A lot of people didn't think that that fight was going to go the way that it did, and it was just one of the best fights, I think, all year. Not the most consistent of fighters. Mizugaki, he did have a great run between 2012 and 2014, but Cody Garbrandt really showed something against, uh, against who was it, morale. Almeida, or Almeida. Sorry, Almeida. Um, you think he's going to earn that title shot if he if he wins Saturday
2: night? To be honest with you, Sean, when you take a look at Mizugaki's record and you look at the elite talent that he's competed against, you would have to say Cody Garbrandt is not going to win this fight. He's just not going to do it, despite what he did uh, to Thomas Almeida. But he's nine and zero. Is he nine and zero? I think he's nine and zero. And the fact that he did do that to Thomas Almeida in the first round could have many people believing, wait a second, this, is, this could be something super special here. Um, I'm going to lean towards Mizugaki. Uh, and I'm not, it's not that I'm not convinced about Cody Garbrandt just yet, but I'm going to favor experience right now uh, over the undefeated fighter, which sounds very, very strange. Anything can happen in mixed martial arts. We already know that. And let's be honest, it's a pick em fight. Cody wins this fight. It will not surprise me. Um, but I'm just going to lean towards experience for now in this fight here. hyun Yu
0: Lim versus Mike Perry. Not a lot of striking defense here. Uh, and I think the UFC knew as much when they put this on the pay-per-view card. Any thoughts one way or another about this fight? It's
2: not going to go 15 minutes. I can't see this thing going for 15 minutes. Uh, I'll yeah. go with Lim to pull this one off. Me too. Uh, Tim Means, and you're going to have to pronounce this guy's name, and I
0: know that you know it because I'm pretty sure you called his fights. What's his name? Saba Homasi.
2: How do you think that one's panning out? Uh, Well, Saba hasn't taken it on a full camp, but he looked fantastic uh, or somewhat fantastic uh, in his last bout there, uh, despite his opponent literally having about 24 hours notice uh, to come in there. But uh, Saba's a character, man. Good dude. Um, Funny as all hell. But Tim Means is a bad, bad man. Now, Tim, again, hasn't competed since December. That was a victory over over John Howard, KO Punch there. Um, hmm. Interesting.
0: You know really what? He benefited from that That 10 months away from the UFC. He did those two fights in Legacy, came back, and he has looked great ever since then.
2: I'm going to go with Saba. I'm going to go with Saba. be Yeah. Just because he's fresher and... Hopefully the, 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 the fact that he's now signed with the big show doesn't get to him and, and, and stresses him out. But I'll go with Sabu Hamasu to pull off that upset. A fight that is going completely under the radar, Rick Story, Donald
0: Cerrone. I, have, I don't remember a Donald Cerrone fight where we have seen so little of Donald Cerrone. I hope he has not been in some sort of parasailing accident because that's the only reason I can think of besides two guys chucking water bottles around all day. Rick Story won three in a row, four of his last five. Donald Cerrone looked really, really good against Patrick Cote. And this is a guy who, crazy to think, let's see, won 10 of his last 11, Donald Cerrone. Who's taking this one?
2: I'm going to go Cowboy. I'll go Cowboys cerrone this one here. And, and he's already in Vegas. He's already been to the Lake Mead. Uh, he's ridden his motorcycle down the Strip a couple times. Uh, he, he's in Vegas, so we know he's there and he's doing his thing. And, you know, as long as he takes Rick story seriously, he should emerge victorious. I, he'll, he'll take him seriously.
0: One of the biggest non-title light heavyweight fights I can remember in recent years, Anthony Rumble Johnson versus Glover Teixeira. Glover looked, you know, after he lost to John Jones, then he lost to Phil Davis. And a lot of people questioned him after that. They they questioned if, because, you know, he is up there in years. He's 36 years old. A lot of people wondered if he was maybe at the end of his rope. He fought over St. Peru, won a fight of the night, uh, one fight of the night in that one, uh, TKO Patrick Cummins, which, as we've learned, the game plan to beating Patrick Cummins is touch Patrick Cummins' face, and that's generally how it works out. Rashad Evans, maybe not maybe, definitely past his prime, but Anthony Rumble Johnson is the kind of guy. It doesn't matter what weight class you're at, and I really mean, doesn't matter what weight class you're at, from 125 up to 265, he hits you, you might go to sleep. What are your thoughts on this fight? Personally, I'm going with Rumble Johnson.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with Rumble as well, only because um, he's got the speed factor. Uh, He does have the power factor. But Glover's a vet, man. He's been around. If if Glover can't take Rumble down and control, A, control him against the cage, control the clinch, and if he can't take him down to the ground where he can keep Anthony on his back, um, you know, I hate to say it, like, like DC did, um he's, he could be in big trouble and i'm gonna go with rumble in this fight here uh, unless glover does that
0: it's psychotic to think that anthony johnson fought at 170 pounds absolutely psychotic and then a couple of years later he went up and beat a guy who right now is ranked number six in the ufc heavyweight division crazy to think also what i want to mention this right but uh, we have to wrap it up, obviously, in a few minutes. Rebel Johnson says he doesn't want to fight till he's 35 years old. That
2: leaves him about two years left. What do you think about that? Win this fight, get your title shot, try and win that one, defend it a couple times, call it a career. Sure. The big one,
0: Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor. And Conor McGregor says if he wins, there will be a trilogy fight eventually you think it's going to play out like the first six, seven minutes, or do you think it'll play out like the last couple of minutes in their, in their first fight at UFC 196 or maybe something completely different?
2: Yeah. This is one of those, those fights or situations where you have this, like I've got this weird sort of MMA crystal ball vision where I think we're going to see a trilogy fight. I think we're actually going to see it. Um, I think, I think Conor McGregor some way, somehow, is going to pull this off it's going to be absolute insanity in that arena um, I think he's able to pull this off uh, and then leave Nate Diaz hanging for a very long time when he returns to 145 pounds and, and defends that title once gets into a fight with the UFC comes back at 155 tries to win that title and then Diaz is still trying to compete and blah blah, blah and then they lure him back for, for that big you know trilogy boat but I, I think Conor McGregor is going to pull this off.
0: As do I. I think that Conor McGregor is going to get it done. I think he sees... I mean, you, you go back and watch that fight, and it wasn't domination the way that Conor McGregor likes to say. It was domination, or the UFC paints it in their subsequent documentaries. Uh, Nate Diaz was landing his fair share of shots, and Conor McGregor's striking was a little unlike it usually is. So often, he's he's so balanced, and like, Amisha Tate I actually talked about how good he is about that, and how a little off he seemed that night. He was throwing his back foot off the ground when he would throw punches, like a lot of things that, that you learn your first week not to do, and he was expecting Nate Diaz to crumple or crumble um, after one punch. It didn't happen. I'm so excited for this weekend, Joe. I know you're not up on the pro wrestling. Friday night, we have Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor. We have a live viewing party on Fightful.com. Saturday night from 8 to 10, NXT TakeOver Back to Brooklyn. Uh, viewing party for that as well. Of course, UFC 202 then Sunday night, WWE SummerSlam. We have podcasts Saturday and Sunday night. Also, tomorrow afternoon, me and Vince Russo go register for the site at fightful.com. Absolutely free to get access to that uh, early access to that. Otherwise, you got to wait four or five days. Uh, our last podcast is up though on the YouTube page. So, check that out and subscribe to us as always, Joe anything to tell these people before we go? or Actually, before you go, I'm going to stick around and talk about Paige and Del Rio a little bit.
2: I was going to say, I don't think you're going anywhere. No, I'm just super excited. And, and to be honest with you, I, I mean, what's going to happen tomorrow between these two? What's going to happen on Friday at the Wayans between Diaz and McGregor? And then we still have the fight on Saturday night. So that's really what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm going to be you know, paying very close attention to social media. And you know, I made it clear, my wife and I discussed it uh we're taking the little guy out we're gonna go out during the day on friday and try and make it home for the weigh-ins. i don't need sean Rossat texting me did you see it did you see what happened what's going on here i'm gonna try and be home but sean there's a five and a half year old that calls the shots in this house i am third of three on this totem pole i will endeavor to get home as best i can we're getting married soon my friend and you'll know exactly what i'm talking about
0: I disgust myself for ever having been a child. It's just, yeah. Ugh. I mean, listen, if you want to miss the weigh-ins and have me text you and say, oh, my God, McGregor cracked a Snapple bottle over Diaz's head, fine. Guys, I'm going to stick around and talk uh, Paige and Del Rio. Bid a dude to Showdown Joe. Tell everybody to read his columns. If you don't, me and Showdown Joe will come to your house We will kidnap your animals. Then when you come back to retrieve them, you will be brokenhearted when you realize that we have given them a far better home than you ever would have because we will set little laptops and tablets in front of their faces so they can access Fightful.com and read Showdown Joe's columns, read Vince Russo's columns, read all their stuff because that's the kind of caring people that we are. Animal lives do matter to us and that's why they should be able to read Fightful.com as much as anybody else. Joe, thank you so much, my friend.
2: As always, a pleasure, my friend.
0: So, guys, Alberto Del Rio and Paige both failed wellness tests. We don't know what that means. We don't know if it means they failed, actually failed a test or they didn't provide a sample or they rejected it. It is a violation of the wellness policy. There were rumors that Triple H was a little pissy at Del Rio for setting a bad example for Paige. And I had somebody say, well, do you back up on your your thoughts that they should be on the same brand? Uh, No, I don't. Because obviously being on different brands didn't help them very much, did it? So, yeah, I'm not not on board with that. Maybe this was them acting out. You could tell that Del Rio wasn't happy when he did his first interview as a member of SmackDown. I don't like the idea of screwing with people like that. Now, maybe they have a self-destructive situation. I don't know. Paige didn't need any help being like a wild kind of person, but I don't know her personally. I don't know Del Rio personally. Maybe that's just the way she acts on camera. I don't know the people. So it's hard for me to say, well, they're bad for each other. Well, they're this. Well, they're that. I don't know the people personally. If this were a couple of people that I do know, then I'd be able to make that assessment. But uh, and people saying they're junkies, no, we don't know that they're junkies. We don't know shit about the situation because all we know is that they uh, – Had a wellness violation. That could mean a whole lot of things. Neither were, except for SummerSlam. Del Rio has an out clause in his contract for next month, which he may be taking. And as Jeff Hawkins said, I think it was, they should try to swing a trade. Prince Puma, who has already filmed all of his stuff for his contract in Lucha Underground, for Alberto El Patron. That helps out both wrestlers, both promotions. I would do that in a heartbeat. And you know what? Maybe Lucha Underground would too, because why not? They're not going to have Ricochet on programming as uh, Prince Puma anyway in WWE. They'll have them on Ricochet. It won't affect their programming at all. So yeah, the Paige Del Rio thing, interesting, to say the least. We had the most wellness violations this year in WWE than any year since 2011, I think. So that's not good. That's definitely not good. But, um, yeah, people are saying he's a bad influence on her. Maybe she's a bad influence on him. I don't know. I'm not privy to that sort of information. Uh, But, yeah, that's not good. And when WWE split these rosters in half, Del Rio could be gone. You had Cody Rhodes walk out. You had Ryback walk out. You had Wade Barrett all too excited to leave. Uh, they cut Damien Sandow. Who knows what will happen with Paige? That's six names that aren't really top-notch-level lo- names, but they sure as hell could have used in this brand split. And that, that's rough. That's rough. Guys, that is it. Please subscribe to our YouTube page. Join Fightful.com. Register for, absolutely for free. Thumbs up this video, too, if you wouldn't mind. That helps out. Subscribe to our RSS feed. Visit Onnit.com. Actually, visit the Onnit link on our podcast page. Visit DraftBeast.com, the best in fantasy sports. I love that stuff. They have goon games where you can pick the most penalized players. They have uh, games where you pick the worst team possible intentionally, much harder than you would expect. So uh, lots of cool stuff um, at DraftBeast.com. Share the page, Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, anything like that. Let people know about it. Join in on our viewing parties. We have them for all the shows. NXT, Cruiserweight Classic, Lucha Underground, TNA, Raw, SmackDown, uh, the Ring of Honor pay-per-view Friday, NXT and UFC Saturday, SummerSlam Sunday. All kinds of cool stuff. I want to thank you guys so much for sticking around, hanging out with me. Until tomorrow afternoon with Vince Russo. Got to register to get that early access, guys. Until then, I am out.